This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's always very, very moving to be here. Um, I'm always reminded of the Hossus, Tzadik Atoma Yifrach, Karazbah Von Yiske. I don't remember the very humble beginnings of Eshet but I do remember quite humble beginnings. And um, seeing how the vision and the seeds of that giant of Noah sprouted, spread, became strong, went through many, many different phases and became what it, was, what it has become. It, it's, a, it's a tremendous lesson that if a person works for Shem Shemayim, HaKadosh Baruch who is there moving things, taking things, it's a tremendous chizik for me to be here at this Tumakim. He, uh, you, you see and feel that Hazorim Bedimah Berini Yiktori, he, he put so much tears and sweat and frustrations into it, and Baruch Hashem has blasphemed it became what it became. Let us speak a little bit about an Indian that is in this week's parasha, and it's something that I believe is at the core of much of Yiddishkeit. We start with Achayish Hazel Lachem. The, the, um, the, the, the parasha has in itself the mitzvah of Kiddush Chodesh, which is the foundation of the Jewish calendar. David Ezra speaks at great length. He, um, yeah, Abnezer is usually quite laconic, and over here he's, he's Meirah Halat, and he talks about the Jewish calendar. He starts with um, an, a debate they had with a Karoi. He, he, the Karoim were in his time very powerful, and he debated Shat with them many areas. And I'll try to, I, I want to just sort of, I'll, I'll take the essence of his points and we'll talk about it. He speaks about the question of what is the Jewish calendar. And he sort of um, juxtaposes, he contrasts it with the Muslims and the Christians. So the Muslims have a lunar calendar. And that's why their holidays keep on moving backwards, forwards. They're, they're, they're not at the same time of the year, totally oblivious of the year. The Christians have a solar calendar and no oblivious to the lunar cycle. Now, he points out more than that. There is no such thing 
as a year in a lunar cycle. It doesn't mean anything. You can have 12 months, you have 30 months, you have 40 months. There's no reason to have 12 months. There's no reason to have 30 months. There's no reason to have 40 months. A month is a month. The moon comes and goes, and that's it. So a month is meaningful. A year is meaningless. A solar cycle has a very clear mark of what a year is. The sun has a certain position in the sky. There's the solstice, there's the equinoxes, there are the, the, the stars around the backdrop, so to speak, and that's an item that determines the year. But months are meaningless. You can divide into units, but those units don't really mean anything. So we have two calendar systems. We have a lunar cycle that has months. We have a solar cycle that has a year. But, but that's it. There is no real correlation at all between the two. He points out, and then we, if we take a look at the Pesukim here, we find Pesach described two or three times. Once that, this is, he doesn't point this out, but it's in the Pesukim. Once we have, in one parasha, we have the dates listed very, very clearly um, as being this is on the 14th, and then seven days, and then you have 21 days. It's all marked on the lunar cycle. You have a month, and the month is Nisan or Rishon or Chacha Shana, and that's a lunar cycle. That's it. Then the Pasuk comes back again and speaks about Chodesh Avit. It says that you have to keep this avoda and Chodesh Avit. And once, twice, or so on. So I don't stand. Are we going with the month or going with the year? What, what, what exactly um, defines the Yantif? Is it the lunar cycle or is it the year, the Chodesh Avit? Which one is the important one? So obviously, he's talking about. And this is the correlation that we make between the two is critical to defining our calendar. Our calendar is a synthesis of the two. And it's not a synthesis that's artificial. The Soda Ibor, one of the meanings of Soda Ibor is this, this way of correlating the two, was considered an incredible wisdom that there is an exact formula that the two will always correlate is not is counterintuitive. They have nothing to do with each other, really. And yet, there is a formula that we use for Kiddush Chodesh, for the Bolet, that they will always come together. So, this secret, so to speak, is something extraordinarily fundamental to us. So, the Ibor, this is Kaliusol, kept it a secret. So obviously behind the, 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 the math, there's something a lot more meaningful. If it, were, if it was just a dry mathematical formula and, and calculation, it's nice to have your little pet secret, but it doesn't mean anything. So, so there's something a lot more in this understanding. And let's talk about this. 
the world we live in is a strange interaction between the physical and the non-physical. Look around you and everything is natural. Laws of nature determine exactly how much cement is needed to hold up the roof and how much curve it can have and so on. Those are laws that we've never known them to be defined. They're precise, they're exact, and so on. That's one, that's one part of this world. Very physical, very exact, very certain. And there's a whole other world. We just spoke about a person dreaming impossible dreams and building a bill like this. There was nothing in a book that could have written the accomplishments a person would do. So which one is it? The, the solar year defines the physical world as it is. And it's something that starts with the growing season and works its way through the harvest and then and then and then back again to the dormant season, coming back again to when things begin to grow. That's the, the, the solar year defines the physical reality of the world. And the sun being something which determines more than anything else our physical life, that's what that year is about. The lunar year is almost meaningless. The lunar month, sorry, the lunar month is meaningless. Rashi says, Gerashirochem, there are some things that the moon affects. Yes, it affects the tide. So once you going surfing at night, it's not of particular great significance to you. The, the, the lunar month is unusual, and more than that, it's irregular. It's something about it that seems to wax and wane. It's very different than the, than, than the, the solar natural year. And the lunar year, month is considered to be something that speaks to things outside of our world. Now, I want to add a point to it. When we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about nature and God and so on, science and so on, that's one thing. But I'd like to address a more um, personal development. A shana, a year, is the same word as something which is nishness. It, it's repetitious. It keeps on going again and again. That's what it's, what it's about. It's very regular. At a certain time when the sun is in a certain position, it starts getting cold. At a certain position, it starts getting hot, and so on. This is something that's repetitive and constant. The moon, because it's never the same, tends to represent chiddush, chodesh and chiddush. And if we ask ourselves, which of these two items is the important description of a person? So let's look at both sides. Let's take each one on its own without the other one, and let's think about it. A person that is regular, constant, and does not ever change anything, we wonder sometimes, if it's a robot. Now that we know that robots can do things, then, I don't know, this person might have been programmed. 
uh, you know, he, he, he's, he, he just same thing over and over again. So a person grows up with a certain lifestyle and habit kicks in. He, did he actually think before or not? Who knows? Somebody once said, the only place in davening that you really have to think is when you say the yom. You have to ask yourself what day is. Everything else you can do by rote. But the, the, the one place where you have to ask yourself, huh, is, is, is by the yom. So, so that's something that's spiritless, lifeless, and just, just is, is a machine. On the other hand, Chiddush, a person whose actions are sporadic, inspired. That something in that lack of consistency speaks of not the person himself. It sort of comes and goes. Our definition of a person, when I say this person is a kind person, I don't mean to say that occasionally the great acts of kindness. What I mean to say is this person will, will tend to be nice to you. To say this person is a person of integrity. I don't mean to say that occasionally. I mean to define the person by something that is usual. So which one of the two is a preferred method of being? And the answer is just like the year, the calendar, is a combination of the, 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 the system of repetition, of the soul again, the natural system, and the system of chidush, so too is that a person. The Rambam in Hilchas Deos speaks about characteristics of a person, about midos, what we call midos. And it's very interesting how the Rambam defines what exactly is the mitzvah. The Rambam says two, of the things he speaks about, two things strike me the most. One is that a person has to make a decision about which midas are appropriate. There are no fixed midas that are perfect all the time. I need to think each time, um, what should I do now? Should I be apathetic? Should I respond? Should I give? Should I be disciplined? There is no one answer that's right. A person needs to make a decision. And like the Ramam says, any one extreme is never it. So we need to make decisions. What's the right balance? between being stingy or being a spendthrift and kind of reckless. You need to make a decision. But the Rambam says that you don't fulfill the mitzvah of until you don't repeat it enough times that it becomes a habit. In other words, so long as we're at the decision-making step of the process, we're doing right but we still haven't fulfilled the lack of the drachah. We need to make it habit, because that's what makes a person um, a good person, a person who's, who does right each time. So, so we have both of these. If you take a look, it's very fascinating. In, in, in the, in the Karbanis, in, in Pashat Pinchas, 
when it speaks about all the carb musaf that you have to bring, starting with Rosh Chodesh, a constant reframe is Novav Olaf HaTamid. Novav Olaf HaTamid, Al Olaf HaTamid, Rosh Novav, 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 At every single junction, at every single yontif, it has a list of kabbalists, and then the Pasuk says, this is to exclude all of Satamid, which you always have to bring. It, it's interesting. It, it seems almost redundant. The klal is that any time we have a chiddush in halacha, once you have it in one place, it would apply in other places. And here it's repeated in every single parsha of a, a carbon musaf, of an additional musaf, we have Mulvat Olusatami or Al Olusatami. I think what it means is that the um, all of these carbonists are carbon They're brought at a moment that is unusual in terms of inspiration. Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, And the Pasuk is telling you that the moment of unusual inspiration is meant to complement the Olas Hatami, not to, not, to, not to replace it. There's sometimes when a person gets swept up with something exuberant, you forget about the regular. There's, there's a Chazal, it's brought in one place only, and it's quoted, the one who wrote the Pirish on the Yaakov writes in his Akdama, I've seen it quoted many places, but there is no place that we have now in Midrash that we would ever find that. It's built on the Zechra Galbatora. What is called Galbatora? And he brings the Pasik of Eulah's Tamid as a Klal Galbatora. In other words, no matter what, coming back to Eulah's Tamid is that. So I, I guess I would like to try to speak a minute about where it's relevant to us in Avodah Hashem. In yeshivas, traditionally, um, the constant, the consistency, the the in the out routine was seen as being the bedrock of learning. Storing, davening, things like that. And on the other hand, every so often there's occasional spurts of inspiration. We might have a context, might have something extraordinary, and, and, and so on. And we sometimes make the mistake of thinking that it's one or the other. And the truth is, it can't be. It has to be both together. Because the... the, 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 the with doing Avodas Hashem in a way where there's never a change, where there's no moment of inspiration, um, it speaks of a body without a soul. And that's something that is not, obviously, dead people cannot praise the Kaddish Baruch But the flip side, my Reverend Chaim Shalevitz used to say, sort of a half a quip, he used to say, and the Shama is the holiest part of a person. But the Mishnah says that the Mazikim, the demons were created 
when there were souls without bodies around. There weren't enough bodies, so to speak. So that's what Misha says. And, you know, however we interpret that. But the idea was a soul is sort of unrepressed energy. If it doesn't become something permanent, if it doesn't become part of the person, then at best it's wasted. And at worst, it becomes destructive. The, 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 our, our bedrock of Yiddishkeit is constant avoda with inspired moments of yontif. The gift of Rishchidosh was given to us then. This is where it was given to us. Rishchidosh is not only a new month. Mo'adim are based around Chadosh. That's the most important aspect of Rishchidosh, Aryan Tovim. Chidosh in the Bria is brought to us in the Torah through Chodesh and Moi. And that's why it's, um, that's, this is this parasha here. But doing that alone, that's like the Muslims do. It's fascinating, they, they used to, the Rambam argues a lot with the Muslims on the following point. The Muslim understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his will was HaKadosh Baruch Hu does things by whim. You can't ask any why, there's no rhyme or reason, there's no Torah. Because, like, like, I, I, I just, they, they, in, in, their, in, their, in their way of seeing things, it was like, the big man acts by whim. Why? Because I said so, and I feel like it, that's it. They, they felt, the Muslims felt that this is the way to bring cover to, 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 to their understanding of a deity, that he does things by whim. No rhyme, no reason, because he felt like it. The Ramamad is very strong about it. We have Torah. We learn. We, we, we have a whole, a whole system of understanding in our world what the Torah wants from us. So Achaydish Hazolachem comes together with the package of Kiddush Achaydish, which is aligning the two together. So Ha'ivur is the extraordinary secret of Kaisal because it's not only God and nature; it's inspiration. And, and being consistent. Those are two things that are seem almost um, to us opposites, but they're not. The two have to go together. This was the, this passage over here of Achayish It's the beginning of Claudius Yisrael's Avoda. It combines Yontif and Noe, and it combines day in, day out. Everything that a Yontif brings to us that's special and unique is Novad. It comes on top of the Tomit. There's Hashem, there's a Mokom that has inspiration and, and the Ruach Torah and so on. Understanding that the two go hand in hand and they must go hand in hand is, is the bedrock on, on Shaykh and Avot Hashem.